I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Live. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cohen. We got Anthony Mangione. And how are you? Doing good, Russell. You? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm schwitzing. It's a hot night here in South Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I was just out for a stroll. You know, it's one of those nights. <laughs> Mike Ojello is here as well. Mike, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. It is raining and cold in Buffalo, so it's normal. See, this is, and you weren't privy to this conversation on on the other show we do, but I, I tried to tell Mike, this is summer in Buffalo, Mike. Like, this is it. There's, like, if I say it's 70 degrees and, and humid in South Jersey, of course it's 50 and rainy in Buffalo. Like, does that surprise you, Anthony? Like, it doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, considering the unique... Uh geographic setup of buffalo and the lakes and everything it's yeah it's not it doesn't surprise me too much no, I mean, how many like, suntans have you had in your life life mike i i purposely avoid the sun <laughs> i'm one of those fair-skinned italians yeah albino italians if you, if you want to be if i'm going to be completely honest yeah that's interesting there's not that many fair-skinned italians where you have to stay out of the sun but but still i mean even Last year, up in Buffalo for the draft, we were at one of those quote-unquote um, bungalows, and you know it got warmish. Warmish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there were a lot of bugs. And that's that's it. I mean, you know, luckily Buffalo's got Niagara Falls. Without Niagara Falls, it would really have nothing. Oh, God. He loves pressing my buttons, Anthony. He's like, Niagara Falls is not Buffalo. And no championships. <laughs> let's just continue, please. But let's continue with hockey. So a team that's not going to get a championship is the Ottawa Senators. And oh, darn. They, look, they did a great job, though. I they was did. impressed. They're I was really impressed with, with Anderson. I, I got to tell you, Aunt Guy Boucher... He was entertaining last night. He mm-hmm. um, when he blew up on the bench, that was awesome. Yeah. It was just an amazing game. Like I heard He's so many good. people talking about this game on terrestrial yeah. radio today. It was good for hockey. It was. It was an outstanding game last night. It really was. Although, again, for the last two games of the series, in reality, the Ottawa, with the exception of the early part of overtime, the Ottawa Senators were basically playing rope a dope hockey and yeah. doing it. Successfully, they were doing it successfully. They were counting on Craig Anderson, uh, but anybody who had a modicum of of watching this series looked in reality if things sort of went the way you know advanced stats and your, what your eye test was telling you, Pittsburgh should have had them beaten and by you know taken out of the series by games by the end of Game Six, and it certainly didn't pan out that way. And Ottawa's to be given a lot of credit. I mean, Eric Carlson, with the exception of the one turnover that led to a scram- a, a very close scramble in front, 
he was magnificent last night, Carlson. I mean, he was just he was. So spectacular in that game. He's finally getting that. his due. It only took, you know, how many years? <laughs> yeah. And I still I always, always bring up the fact that years ago, and I was joke with uh, David Strell from the fourth period about one of, the, one of the editors of the fourth period giving me crap about, you know, talking about, you know, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Eric Carlson might be the heir apparent to uh, to Nick Lidstrom as the all as one of the all time great Swedish defensemen, and he gave me crap about it. And I'm always fond of saying, uh, I don't know who that guy is, but uh, eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I've had an appreciation of Carlson for years, but I've always been a critic of the fact that you know, as a in, in the strict definition of a defenseman, when he is not possessing the puck, when an offensive player is coming in the zone, I think I think he's, he's an average he's an average defender in that situation. But when he has the puck and he's offensively creating, he controls the game better than any defenseman does. So yeah. that now that skill is is something. And and I mean, I think it was him. And it was it was Craig Anderson making 45 saves in Game Six in a game that you know Ottawa probably didn't deserve to win, but they did. And you know they every time Pittsburgh got an advantage in that game, you know 22 seconds later they they tapped the game after the first goal. You know they tie it up after uh, Phaneuf's uh, penalty or phantom penalty gives Pittsburgh the first power play. So you have to have a lot of respect for what Ottawa went through and what they did. I just still think that next year, with the evolving you know changes yeah. that happen in the NHL, I think they're a borderline playoff team again. Yeah, I think they were. I, I agree with Mike in terms of the fact that I think there was some certain. There was certainly they hit their stride at the right time. Uh, they, they, they certainly had some fortunate games. They get, specifically in the Rangers series, I, I feel like there was times where that series could have turned very quickly the wrong way for them. Oh yeah. Uh, and they were able to and they were able to get through it. So yeah, was there certainly a little bit of a certainly fortune favoring them a bit in this postseason absolutely. And I agree with Mike. I think they're they're replicating what they did this year is gonna be it's gonna be difficult. Well, you know, I think I mean I don't want to look into the future. I'm not, I'm not that good at it, but I think Mike will rank them around twenty seventh next year it seems <laughs> He just said borderline playoff team. Be nice. Twenty six. He's giving them some. He's he's giving them some uh, <laughs> some ground here. Come on. All right. But the interesting thing is, there were a few still a few things last night. I don't want to harp on the refereeing, but there were six senators on the ice at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That was bad. That was that was about as bad. That was about as egregious. Say. Uh, and it was two of the who was the refs last night. Two of the better referees, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, I have to check with McCauley, and I figured who the other oh. one was. Put that in my head, but um, but yeah, I remember seeing online say, "Up, oh, two of the best refs are going to be running again." Like, and then they missed that. And I'm like, I know hockey's a fast game, but if these guys are really good. There's no way in hell that should have possibly been missed. Well, no, I'm sorry. That that was Ottawa's homage to Don Cherry. Nice. <laughs> But here's the thing. I think what they have to do is they're going to have to get some sort of referee um, video technology also. They're just going to have to maybe put GoPros on them. They're going to have to figure it out and maybe have a guy even sit, maybe even the scorer who's upstairs, you know, let him look over things when he hears rumblings, whatever. They're going to have to figure Ah. something out. But 
they need another set of eyes out there because the game is too fast. Yeah, but I do get my concerns as well of, you know, you want to get things right, but occasionally, I do wonder if hockey's one of those sports where it may, I don't know. It's, We're just in an era where it's hard to get it wrong because, like, here's the thing. Back in the old days, when we were watching sports, we were watching mm-hmm. sports like with your grandfather with cataracts. And, and so we didn't see everything great. We only got X amount of replays. You know, now everything's HD, crystal clear. People are taking gifts of things. Like, it's just you can't hide the mistakes anymore. And bring up also the replay on the, uh, on the, the goal that won yeah, yeah. for, uh, for Phil Kessel. Uh, you add that to uh, and 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 the fact that Arena Camp did not have the upper did not have the proper angle, right? Um, that NBC had, and they kept showing the overhead angle several different times. Which yes, again, it's like that God. was puzzling. That was really that was puzzling. a very puzzling thing, especially watching the reaction, people throwing stuff on that. So I was like, how are they showing the angle in the arena? I'd have to ask like Brian, you know, Brian Metzer or whoever else was in the arena at the time what the angles that they saw, but. It seemed pretty straightforward that that thing was on top of the net. Even on, even when the shot happened, I even need the replay. I said, that's a, they didn't even look at it was like even in the net, and it yeah. wasn't. It was over the top of it. And it was even in regular, regular live play. It was one of those odd things where people are booing, and I'm like, what are they booing about? And then yeah. they show it, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I know there's advantages for NBC versus uh, the arena, but the arena camp, but still. You know, even Doc had to bring – even Doc brought that one up as well. It's just, you know, the fact that we have an angle they don't have, and it's like, well, maybe we need to work on sharing those things, guys. Yeah, I think they do. I think you have to make it all available because everybody can see everything out there. People, There are people just looking for certain things, even when you're just watching uh, on the package and you have that multicam. Like, uh, you know, if I'm watching on the multicam – that may be different. I don't know. I mean, I was, you know, yeah. I wasn't watching on that. I was watching on NBC as well. So NBC right. then. So you know, all those things have to sort of sync up. So we'll we'll leave that one there. But it is something that I think has to be worked on. So we we go to the next round, and it looks like for the next week I'll be living in Pittsburgh and Buffalo, my two favorite cities. Like if there are two cities <laughs> that I visited more in the last. Six years, it's those two cities. And so, of course, I'll be in Pittsburgh, and I guess I, I didn't make any friends last night when I was wondering at, at, in between the first and second overtime what the mm-hmm. guys might be eating in the locker room, and I said, I hope it's not that crappy pizza that they have in Pittsburgh, and, mm-hmm. and so people took offense to that. I don't know why. I mean, it's true. Did you, did you honestly and truly expect anybody to have a positive reaction to that, Russ? I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, I mean, trolly, 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 but expect when you when you tell the when you said in quotations the truth, uh, <laughs> you're gonna get a re, you're gonna get you're gonna get a little blowback. That's the way it is. That's fine, and I did, and you we're jamming them with Pramani Brothers sandwiches, maybe you know. Yeah, well, that's what that's what a few people said, and and that's no, fair. no, no, I got I know a better, better, but better. it's too heavy. They they brought over the burgers from Burgatory. <laughs> Those burgers would kill people. 
Well, well, Anthony, that means that I have to take. No, Washington. they put them in. They put them in Ottawa's locker room. That's why they couldn't get out of their own head. <laughs> that means I have to take. I have to take Russ to Anchor Bar if he wants truly sucky Buffalo. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah, but the, if, if if you're right though about Burgatory, if if you even ate a quarter of that and then tried to play any sport, it would be the end of you. But you know, that's all. I was just trying to bring that up, but. So I'll be I'll be spending time there. I'm going to go to a pizza place there that was recommended to me by a, a nice Pittsburgher, and um, not the other mean ones. And, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But as far as this series goes, it'll be interesting because media day is Sunday, and Nashville will be there, and it'll be interesting because you know Laviolette's not great on the big stage, and he's going to be on the big stage again, and. David Poyle will be on the big stage for the first time, or at least, yeah, because even oh, with Washington. Well, wait a minute. No, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. You said on, on the big stage. Laviolette's won a cup. Laviolette's won a cup. Yeah, but he hasn't been on the big stage in a while. And it's not like they didn't have a media day okay, like well, this. well, 2010, I mean, I know it's been a while, but, I mean, sometimes coaches go through long stretches. I don't, I don't know. Nah. I don't know if I'm going to go along with you on that one. That's but. fine. You don't have to. <laughs> but, but, again, even the media day is so much bigger now than it was in 2010. That's yeah, true. It's a, it's a bit more of a crunch, and you can thank the NFL for that. Yep, even Kaya thinks The dog agrees, exactly. <laughs> yes. So anyhow, you, we're going to have this big this big session, and P.K. Subban will be there, which will be amazing for the yes. league. He will have a massive crowd. And I, I, I think it's going to be great. I, I think – before we even break down the series, I just think there's a lot of characters in this. Matt right. Cullen, this will be the last go-round for Matt Cullen, right? I mean, there's a lot of stories here. Yeah, PK, PK will be there, and the first thing he'll say is, Hello, Montreal! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Remember me? Yeah. That being said, yeah, and he's, he's got the right to chirp at this point now. I mean, no question. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's a that's the thing, and I, and I was saying this earlier, how tough this series is going to be to call – because again, when we when we when we got off the show last week and the Johansson injury was was announced, we assumed Nashville was a corner uh, in the in in the um, in their series, and yeah. they ended up winning both close games. So now it's very tough for me to yeah. really say at this point uh, to, to, to in some ways to call the series. Um, Primarily because again, Nashville's blue line is just been tremendous, and Rene has been tremendous. That it's going to be yeah. tough to call this thing. Yeah, but yes, I yeah, my two sorry two words swung that series. Jonathan Bernier because yeah. once, Gip, once Gibson went out in Game Five and they were leading one nothing, Bernier let in I think two bad goals in Game Five, and then two two goals in the first three shots in Game Six. And how many times can Anaheim – I mean, Anaheim dominated game six. I think they had over 40 shots on goal, came back twice. And every time they came back, Bernier let in a bad goal or Nashville, you know, beat him with a good shot. And he never made a big save, and that was an absolute killer for Anaheim. So, I I give – you know, I give credit for Nashville winning the series, but there were definitely contributing factors on the Anaheim side that made it possible. There were some really interesting things, too. Um, I'll tell you one one, and I don't want to give away every storyline, but like last year at Media Day, Justin Schultz was at like the little table. <clears throat> he was an extra. He wasn't into the action, you know. Crystal Tang was there, and 
and now this year he's running a show. And so, like, that's a big change, right? That's a big deal. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big elevation. And you could look at certain guys for both teams and see that there are guys that have sort of changed roles for them. You know, Pontus Aberg wasn't even a thought. And now he's, you know, maybe going to get some Stanley Cup time. I, I like those kinds of stories. I like for those guys. I mean, look, the big guys, you're always happy for them. They'll be first-timers. There's always first-timers. That's cool. Pekka Rene, maybe he'll be the first European to, to a uh, first Finn to win a, uh, yeah, a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Not European, but first Finn. Hasek yeah. obviously was, you know. Yeah, European. So I mean, it's, there's some good storylines. No, no question. It's it's, it's there's going to be some tremendous storylines. Um, you get beyond that in terms of Colton Sissons, obviously coming in now, basically yeah. the de facto number one center uh, for the day. You know, and it, we'll see how Mike Fisher is certainly coming into uh, coming into the series after being out the last two games uh, of the Anaheim series. Harry Having Z. Fisher, but yeah, you know, what's that? <laughs> Harry Z. Harry Z. Zolnerchik. Yes, of course. We had to be building one flyer's angle. And will Mark, And what happens with Mark Streit? Does Mark Streit actually get into any games if we're going to go on the former flyer angle here? Yes. Well, I, 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 think, I think one of the interesting st- possible storylines is, you know, James Neal is not exactly known as a I, – I, let's, let's, let's just come out and say it. He's a cheap shot artist. He's been a cheap shot artist oh, yeah. for most of his yeah. career, and most of it he did with Pittsburgh. Now he's on the other side, and will he do his 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 deeds against guys like Malkin and Crosby to win a Stanley Cup? Of course, of course he will, and that's yeah. I think that's going to be compelling to see what he does and who he does it to, because we know he's going to do it at some point in this series. Hey, if we all entered a tough mutter and we were getting close to the finish line, I would trip both you guys and put your faces right in the mud to win the race. <laughs> Why am I not shocked? <laughs> Just the way it is. You just better be careful, Ross, once you cross that line if I find you. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, you'll be so far ahead of me. It's really imaginary anyhow. I'm not that tough. But, but I really do, I, I think this is, another factor in this is, I know everybody talks in the NBA all the time about dynasties and they like the powerhouse teams. And we finally have one back in the NHL where it's consecutive seasons. Cause I never bought that. Well, we won three out of five. That's a dynasty. Well, it's not. And so, so now you, we might be in the midst of, of that. And that's going to get a lot of attention from the non-traditional hockey media. And, and so I think this is a really good time right now for the NHL. They got, they got a, Decent matchup. At least they got Pittsburgh in there, so you can't worry. You're not going to worry about ratings. You you've got a a city in Nashville that when you're there, you're going to be able to market the hell out of it. I'm going to be getting texts from who's playing where. I have a, a agency who's going to tell me like yeah. what what singers are playing free concerts and where they're going to be, and and I'm going to be posting them. And so it's going to be crazy. Should we? Yeah, should we gonna... take... Go yeah, ahead, Mike. Andy. You first, Mike. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, should we take a guess at who the three anthem singers are going to be? Because, I mean, I, I'm already got Garth Brooks, Taylor Swift, and I don't know, somebody else. But uh, I think there's going to be a pool, and I'm going to get in. Yeah, I'm, I'm shooting for, you know, I, I, I do the – I go the opposite way, and I go for Dolly Parton, Charlie Daniels. Roy Clark. And I want Roy Clark. I do want Roy Clark out there. Fuck Owen. 
Can we raise uh, Roy Orbison from the dead? No. <laughs> oh, come on. You've never. Here's the thing. Have you ever heard an anthem on a banjo? The answer is no. Have you That's ever heard true. the anthem on a fiddle? The answer is no. Mm. At least I'm coming up with new ways. That's true. You are. <laughs> You're an innovator, Russ. I am an innovator. Glad somebody sees it. <laughs> so as far as the actual games, Pittsburgh has all the experience. Of course, Nashville yeah. has some experienced guys, but Pittsburgh's still banged up. Like, we're not even talking anymore about the guys they're missing because they got enough back now that I think that yeah. conversation's sort of dead. So on even footing, I still got to go Pittsburgh. I know there's a lot of momentum with Nashville. I know people are going to say that that it's a team of destiny, and, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it'll be like Urban Cowboy. I don't know. But I just, at the end of the day, and Pecorini was unbelievable last couple of games, like just tremendous. But there's just something about having them having to cover Crosby and Malkin and even Benino. Like that's going to yeah. be tough. Down the middle, that's probably where this series is going to be won and lost. Yeah, I would certainly concur. It's it, it, and that's the that's where the loss of Ryan Johansson really yeah. becomes you know becomes it comes to the forefront. You're able to survive a couple you know able to survive a couple series you know series games, um, and and get yourself to the final despite the injury. Again, you're asking. Again, I'll come back to you again. Colton Sissons and potentially Mike uh, Mike Fisher, who's mm-hmm. again we know he won't be. 100% going yeah. into that game. And nobody's 100% at this point of the season, but especially him. Um, it's it's tough. That the, the center matchup is going to be an area where Pittsburgh, again, can potentially really make things difficult for, for the Predators. Um, that being said, again, they, they it's as dynamic a, a, a four- to five-man unit on defense that, any, as any in the league, and it certainly in some ways has whispers and reminds me a little bit of the of the blue line that the Flyers had in 2010. Mm-hmm. And that's basically why, at the end of the day, that's why Laviolette system works. You have to have a strong transition game working yeah. in order to be able to really um, to be able to play his system to its to its full flowering. So again, it's tough. For me to, I, I think in many ways the it's very the principle similar to the Ottawa series. Nashville will be, will be a tough nut to crack, but Pittsburgh will figure out a way to do so. Um, and I'm going to say Pittsburgh will win the series in six games. Yeah, I'm going to go five. I didn't give a thing. I'm, I'm actually going to go five. Mike. Yeah, I, I, I'm going six because I think that without Johansson, with you know without that offensive force up the middle, you know, they're going to try to match up and try to shut down Malkin and Crosby, you know, one-on-one. And if they can do it, God bless them. But I I think what they're going to rely on is what Ottawa relied on. And I think what Nashville relied on after Johansson's injury, which was a 1-3-1. They fell into the, into, you know, basically the trap and waited for, you know, Anaheim to make a mistake and, and, Game five they did and it was a two one game, but then you know obviously what happened with the with Bernier and the beginning parts of game six, you know it, it was more of a wide open contest. But I I just think that 
Pittsburgh. I mean, their defense is their weak spot, but you know, guys like Cole and guys like Daly stepped up late in that series. Matt Murray, uh, you know, played wonderfully in, repl- in replacing Flurry, and you know, mm-hmm. that's not a knock against Flurry, but you know, he, you know, they they got that little change of chemistry, and he didn't make many mistakes. And I just think that the sort of supplementary secondary offensive sources with Pittsburgh, you know, Gunsel and uh, uh, Rust and all these, you know, they, besides Crosby and Malkin, they have these guys, who, Kunitz, guys who can kick in the, goal, the additional goal that I don't see really coming from Nashville. They got it at times in the Anaheim series, but I, I just think that Pittsburgh's got more. So I think Pittsburgh's going to eventually win the series. It's going to be hard fought, but I'll say six games. All right. Now, Ant, some other little ancillary things. Mm-hmm. So the last time Peter Laviolette was in the Stanley Cup, the puck was lost, the game-winning puck. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to happen again if his team wins? <laughs> that was one of those once-in-a-lifetime things, I think. I, I think well, if it happens, it'll be – it would be a little less uh, confusion. Okay. Will the jelly hit the wall or maybe a 45? <laughs> the, jam, or the jam. The jam. The LP, jam. The jam, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an LP. What's the or... problem now? <laughs> Will we hear any stories like that? Uh, I'm sure Lavi's going to have his speeches all ready to roll. So. Okay. All right. So now. We switch off the Stanley Cup for a minute, and we switch to the Dmitry Orlov situation, which I find really fascinating because we were looking at the Washington Capitals and what might happen in the expansion draft. And clearly they were going to have a problem because Alzner's an impending UFA. What were they going to do with Orlov? He's an RFA. And now all of a sudden Orlov's negotiating in Russia. And if he goes and just signs a one-year deal, let's say, in Russia – not only does that get the caps off the hook for this year, but that could get him a new contract when he comes back the year after if they can't re-sign Carlson. So, and I have to say, is this fancy footwork by the uh, Capitals organization, or is this something that Orlov wanted to do? So they said, yeah, we won't stop you. Like, what do you think? Mm, I think it's. I think he's got a lot. He got a nice offer right now. I think in uh, with with CSK and they. They, they're out from, you know, what's the name's out of there now? Um, Antspin or Kovalev? Antspin's coming over, but Kovalchuk's now out of Kovalchuk, there. So they've I got money, yeah, they got, they got money, yeah, they, they've got money yeah. freed up now, and this is another thing where, where the KHL wants to get a young NHL, you know, a young, yeah. di- somewhat valuable NHL defenseman to come over as another feather in their cap. And I think this is serious enough with Orlov, where I think there's a chance they're going to, the Caps are going to lose him. Mike, what do you think? I think there's a chance. I would be shocked if he signs anything more than a one-year deal or a long-term deal that has an out after one year, because mm-hmm. I think it's the, you know, it's the Russian Olympic thing. It's the, it's yeah. the, you know, the NHL players can't go. But it, I wouldn't put it past Washington to sort of like sort of be engineering this or directing it. If you look at the uh you know, their expansion protection list now, they protect Niskanen, they protect Carlson, they protect Nate Schmidt, who they don't want to lose, who they probably would lose if Orloff had to be protected. They they expose Orpic, who nobody is going to take at thirty six years old, making five and a half million dollars. 
So, and then Alsner just stays unsigned until July 1st and they re-sign him. I mean, it, it could work out great for them because right now if Orloff stays and they have to re-sign him, you know, they're probably going to lose Schmidt because Schmidt's a young, young defenseman and I've played pretty well in the playoffs. Yeah, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, all right, so now we switch to the draft for a second because I find it interesting now that a website called Pro Hockey News says, Dallas sees future star and middle stat at third pick. Now, I was probably the first person that had middle stat as a third pick, or at least I rank him third. I don't know if he'll go third, but but that's where I rank him. Uh, I don't see any quotes here from Jim Nill, so I don't know how they know that. Um, but we'll um, we'll see. I just find it interesting now that Pro, what's pro hockey news? Huh? What is pro hockey news? Some website. Some kind of, I don't know, but I'm finding but, it. What, what I'm basically. I mean, let me, let me, I'm, I'm typing it up now because I want to know if this is just one of those, you know, random, you know, throw throw crap against the wall and see what sticks. Type it of could place. be. It could be. I wanted to see. So if they had then, a quote. I'd be, then I'd be hesitant to uh, to take their their word for it. Let's see. Pro no, hockey no, no. news. I, I, here's the funny thing. It's an international I, site. Yeah, pro hockey. It's kind of very, very. I don't know. I think something about this thing doesn't quite seem. Uh, well, they don't have a quote. Have... I thought they might have a quote. They don't. But yeah, Josh Kersey. Who's Josh? Let me say. I'm just mm-hmm. curious here. But the quote. But the, need... but the the theme of it's okay. I mean, I agree that they actually do need a player like him. And I did bring it up on NHL radio that I, if I'm Dallas, I would take a center. So and I here think... he goes. I I think here he goes here. I think I think I'm, I'm reading the article now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rust, don't. This is this is somebody. This is some guy throwing crap up against the wall and seeing if it'll stick. No, no, but that's it's it's okay for that. What I'm basically saying is for this draft, we're going to see hundreds of articles like this. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. There's going to be hundreds of these because. Even just anybody who's talking, got a website, anybody who's got a damn website can throw up, throw up in a throw up. They in a can, pen. they can. And but what the point <sighs> is, is even talking with Shane Malloy today, there are going to be so much, so much differentiation on teams boards, on people who want to put up mock drafts, on people who just want to rank players like Shane and I do. There's going to be great differential there. So I'm just pointing it out. That's all I'm pointing. I, out. No, I'm not saying it's a good article. My God. <laughs> I, I think there are going to be like, and I said this on the webcast a few times. I think there are going to be a ton of trades because, like you said, Russ, there's going to be there's such difference between one person's one team's draft list and another team's draft list about where they have somebody rated and they might be willing to move up uh, and pay probably not as steep of a price as other drafts to move up three or four spots to get the guy that they want. But it's it's ironic that you, know, you bring up Dallas because. Dallas and trading the third pick has been the you know the popular story over the last week. I mean, I've heard Elliot Friedman say on a couple radio broadcasts that you know he had heard that Nil is not shopping the third pick, but is open to trading the third pick if he can get himself a top four defenseman because he thinks that Dallas has the components to you know now with adding Ben Bishop that you know if they get a one or two defensemen that they can contend right away. And uh, you know I know that you know Friedman. You know, postured about a possible, you know, Sami Vatnin to Dallas deal for the third pick involving that, but I don't think Vatnin was enough no way. healthy, and now yeah. he's injured and probably out the first two months. So, yeah. but if somebody's offering up a top two, top three defenseman, I wouldn't doubt that 
that Nil would consider it because of they're, they're, you know, you don't bring Hitchcock to have a long-term rebuild. You bring right. in Hitchcock. Is, they're they're built as a net. They're very much I get that. now team. I do. They're very much a now team. That's fair. But anyhow, I I just I wasn't saying that it was from a great source. I actually was curious if there was a quote there, but I just want to say there was none. There was no, none. there was none. This is somebody. This is this is somebody throwing up an opinion. Yes. And yes. I have no idea who this guy is. So me neither. Anybody, you know, unless you have an unless you have an informed opinion. I'm glad you researched it. Awesome. That's great. But the minute you slide in, I, I think, I don't care what you think. You don't work for the team. I don't give a crap what you think. Totally fair. But get it, get ready, everybody, because there's, there's going to be, we're going to be inundated with them soon. Oh, now, yeah. for some more real news, um, CWHL, they're going to field a, Chinese team, China's HC Kunlun Red Star, will join the CWHL this year. And I find it interesting because China's been trying to find a way to sort of break into American hockey. And it looks like they're picking that league first because I guess they feel like maybe they're closer in talent for the women's side, but they're going to find that these women are really good, and I don't think it's going to be any different then if they join the men's side, I think it's going to be still a huge gap. No, I would agree. And it's, it's an interesting uh, tidbit when I saw that as well. I was just like, this is a real experiment. <laughs> or a money grab. Or a money grab. Oh, oh that too. But, you know, it's I was just – yeah, both <laughs> eyebrows went up like, oh, so this will be interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty easy commute, you know. I mean <laughs> – Holy God! Central Chi- Central China to Toronto—that's about a seventeen-hour flight. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, no problem. I mean, I just yeah, I just think it will be good for that league financially. But are they going to be the Washington Generals? They might be. They might who's be. To, who's <laughs> to say? I mean, I, you know, like, I, I, you know, I, I, I'll be inter- interested observer to see what how they play the fir- in their first season. But here's the thing. Here's the misnomer. I'm sort of half assuming everybody's going to be of Chinese persuasion on a team where they're probably not going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be probably nice. going to have a bunch of different yeah. folks. There yeah, may I mean, be a handful. Yeah. yeah, there may be a handful of North American players there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just using this as an example. If you're Haley Wickenheiser, do you want to go? I mean, are, are well. Let's just say this: Are Canadian teams going to be going over to China to play home games, or is this a team that's going to play strictly on the road? No idea. To yeah. to, to to develop, you know, a, Ch- a Chinese female team for the Olympics in 2022. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because they might, you know, that that would be. That would be an interesting experiment because they want to develop teams. They want to develop the game, and that might be what they would have to do because I don't think these teams in Canada have the budget to fly over to China. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I don't know how they're going to work it. We'll, um, we'll keep an eye on it. What did you guys think about the Steve Ott hiring? Literally right off the ice, right into – an assistant's job, 
in St. Louis. I don't know. I mean, this is – he clearly doesn't have any training for it, but does he need any? It's just a coach. It depends on the role that he's going to be, you know, taking up. I don't think – from what – when I when I, when I mentioned I, – I, I got a tweet from Andy, Andy Strickland, who covers mm-hmm. the Blues, and Andy said the bench job is still – there's still – the Blues are not done hiring coaches. So they hired Sador, they hired Ott. My feeling is that there's still one more coaching slot available there on the bench. That, to me, is more likely going to be probably Craig Berube, uh, who will likely be the other assistant coach. And Ott, I would expect, maybe be more of an eye-in-the-sky type in this case, at least as he starts off in his, in his coaching career. But in terms of him, as if he's like the third assistant, I mean – I know there was at least a year or two for Ian, Ian Leperrier with the Flyers as a developmental yeah. in the developmental side of things before he got hired uh, as the as as an assistant coach. So I guess the turnaround's a little bit more so, but it also I mean it also may speak as well to Ott in terms of as much of a pain in the rear end as he as he was as a hockey player. Uh, most of the guys who have played with him always have spoke pretty highly of him. Who've been, you know, he's one, he's one of those classic guys who's, you know, hate him when he's on the other team, but when he's yeah. on your team, he's one of those guys that kind of is able to kind of understand the room and sort of know the right, say the right thing at the right time, or you know, kind of you know keep you know, keep high keep a team with high morale, and maybe in his first year or so, that's really kind of what he'll do before he sort of expands himself beyond that. that that was originally when i thought i thought he was getting hired as as, as the second primary assistant with the door but there's at least one more uh there's there's the one more bench job so i think okay. he's going to be more of the eye in the sky in this case okay mike i hope he doesn't take his chattering uh as a player to his new job as an assistant coach because he'll get bench miners for that <laughs> um, I mean, he was he you know he has been a leader on teams. He was a captain in Buffalo for a time. So you know if he can take that leadership ability and tran- transfer to you know being an assistant coach who is sometimes the guy who is you know the guy who uh, is the buffer between them and the head coach, then he may be successful. And you know I'm sure it's going to take him a few years to get up to speed to be a good assistant, but we'll see what happens. All right, so the last thing for tonight, uh, Sam Carcitti, who who covers the Flyers, but, you know, covers a little more hockey, has a quote from Matt Murray. I don't know where he got it from. Yeah, uh, but, it, one. Mm-hmm. but it says, we deserved it. We were the better team the whole series. Uh, it'd be nice to have some context on that, Sam, just saying. But it's trash talk. It's bulletin board material. Yep. What do you think, Ann? I mean, this is even before media day. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? I don't know if it necessarily – again, it's the series is over. I don't see how this – I don't see how this applies to the Nashville series. I mean, okay. certainly you go into next – if you're talking about next season, and it could be something for a bulletin board for Ottawa to be a bit more for motivation. But in terms of yeah. it, I don't see, I don't see how, it, how it correlates to the finals. Okay. Mike? Yeah, I, I'm on the same page there. I mean, and I can't remember what Penguins player said this, but um, they asked him about their thoughts about Nashville, and they said they have four Carlsons yeah. and a better goaltender. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the that's the typical pumping up your opponent, you know, putting them on a pedestal, 
And, you know, I think Murray was talking about the Senators. They won. They don't care about bulletin board material in game six of the regular season next year. So that I think that was just a little bit of bravado. And, 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 and considering the fact that the, that the coach, when the coach himself said it as well, Guy Boucher said they're the yeah. better team after game five. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that kind of opens that door anyway. Yeah, the, I mean, I think Boucher was a little too heavy-handed in that respect. I mean, you, mm-hmm. I don't think you can play the underdog as long as he did. I mean, it, it was effective. He whipped his team into a frenzy. They got to Game 7 in the conference final. But that act will, will get old pretty quickly if he continues to do that uh, You know, next year and, and the year after. Remember, he, he reached his highest point in Tampa in his first year, and then they went downhill after that. So I, I, yeah. I just wonder whether he's one of these guys who's got a long-term window or if he's, you know, a short-term guy and then things trail off. All right, last one here, and this is it. Ant, I go to you first. We are going to have the first Stanley Cup final with two American head coaches. Will Don mm-hmm. Cherry talk about this? Of course. Um, after after the uh, the Kessel incident, I'm mm-hmm. his commentary about Kessel. Mm-hmm. Maybe it dawns like in one ear and out the other for me. You know, it's like it's just he's the, he's, he's the parent and peanuts. You know, that's that's where I'm yeah. at with Don Cherry. It's like it's okay. like yeah, whatever Don says. I don't. I, I'm not paying attention to that to the to the prattlings of a of a of a goofy old man. Mike, what do you think? I think he's going to find a birth certificate that says that. Peter Laviolette was born in Scarborough. Um, <laughs> that, and I'll be I'll be waiting until hell freezes over for Don to pick on PK Subban for his dance routine before the game. I think there's a Scarborough mass actually for real, but um, but here's my thinking. I did get mad at, at Cherry yesterday. I don't always get mad, but if he does bring this one up, then he will really just look like a phony at that point. Like then it'll just be very transparent, like, hey, this is my shtick, and and now I'm here just to tweak Americans because that's all I got left for the Stanley Cup. I hope he doesn't go that route. I would like to think he's better than that. Maybe he's not. Maybe at this point he he's just, you know, a, a guy who's just looking to keep his job. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think he'll... I think he'll avoid. I think he'll avoid the American coach subject subject altogether. I think he'll focus on the fact that most of the players come from Canada. Um, it's you know it's it's mm-hmm. a shtick now. So that's I think that's what it's going to be. Okay, that's fair. All right, so we're going to be off for a week because basically I'm going to be on the road. Mike will be not on the road, but he'll well he might be he might be on the road in Pittsburgh and then he'll be out there at the combine. I'm going to put him on the VO2 bike and see how he does. <laughs> Throw up in three seconds. Nice. <laughs> and we'll have, a, we'll have a good time with that. And then we'll come back and we'll tell everybody what we saw. And we'll be that much closer to the draft where we'll all reunite. It'll be mm-hmm. a very nice moment or two or three. And we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> and that's it for Off the Post. We'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. Buenos noches.